This is Derek Gores. You are listening to Grit Pop-Up, where we're doing our podcast series here in Tales from uh, around the Space Coast, one person at a time. Today we have a good friend of mine from all the way back in elementary school. His name is Pete Taddy. He works for a place called NASA. Have you heard of it? Let's see what he has to say. Here we go. What's your career world uh, related to space? So currently I am working... um, with the commercial crew program, uh, and they are uh, working with a bunch of different commercial providers, um, such as SpaceX and Boeing and ULA. Uh, and the goal is to uh, be able to launch you know, U.S. astronauts back into space, uh, since we we haven't been doing that since shuttle days. Um, uh, so the commercial providers uh, have have come to the table, you know, uh, and asked. Uh, the government to say, hey, we can we can do this too, and uh, we, we might be able to help you guys, and, and maybe the government can focus on longer range things, like maybe going to Mars, or uh, specific research into helping us uh, uh, keep keep launching, or uh, keep exploring uh, space in general. Um, so I specifically help one of the commercial providers uh, with the design of uh, the launch vehicle, and uh, and specifically some of the pressure systems within the launch vehicle is really my expertise. There's a lot of systems. We, you know, we grew up on the Space Coast, right? So yeah. as a kid in elementary school, I remember going out and watching every single launch every time they had one, right? Yeah. They, let, they let us go outside, or if we couldn't go outside because it was raining that day, I think they brought TVs in the room. I mean, it was, that's just what you did. I remember when I went to college, uh, right, I went, I went to upstate New York right out of high school, and, I, and I'll, go, I'll go back in a second. But I had a discussion with one of the other guys, like, hey, do you remember um, you know, going out and watching launches? And they looked at me like I was crazy. Like, I, I, I just didn't have a concept at the time <laughs> that everyone else didn't also either experience that or, or have the passion for it. And right. so you get... You, you know, maybe got a little lucky about where where we grew up, but uh, I certainly enjoy it, and uh, I think being around this area, to be quite honest, uh, really helped drive that passion. I I always imagined this is what I would do, only because I didn't know anything else. Right? <laughs> Not a bad uh, field to kind of default into. You know, the, the the listening audience can't can't tell what I'm holding here, but it's this beautiful cylindrical. Uh, not very heavy thing. Let's see, it's about, what, you probably know, 18 inches long, and it's, uh, yeah. you can hear the, the metal of it, and yeah. uh, tell us, tell us what, I'm, what am I holding here? What is this thing? So this is a half, a, I brought you half of a COPV. So COPV is a composite overwrap pressure vessel. Wow. Um, so what that is, it's like um, a pressure vessel is like your propane tank at home, right? Yeah, you got a gas grill, you got a propane tank on it. Yeah. That's a small pressure vessel. It's very thin, right? Made of metal. Um, and it holds maybe 150 to 225 PSI, roughly. I don't, yeah. I don't know what your response is going to be. You have a, a, a real beefy one, I'm not sure. So you get a really thin metal liner, and then you take this carbon fiber. Uh, so I got a carbon fiber spool here that I borrowed uh, from one of the guys. Um, 
This is a T700. T, T stands for Torre. Torre makes this. So manufacturer for carbon fiber. Mm -hmm. um, in the old days, like in shuttle, we used Kevlar wraps, uh, COPDs. I remember that word. Right on. So now, people have moved off of Kevlar and they, they see the advantage of using carbon fiber now. So there's all different kinds of carbon fiber. Typically today, uh, people are using uh, T1000 mm -hmm. um, for their uh, for their carbon fiber. And they what they'll do is they'll, they'll uh, match up you know, eight of these uh, individual toes, they call this a toe, each one of these has between 12 and 24,000 fibers associated with it. So that's the trick. So you put, bundle these together, you run it through kind of a resin bath, uh, and then you wrap it in, uh, in hoop and helical direction uh, in a particular pattern uh, where the uh, smart engineers tell us to wrap. Right? And then at the end, you put it in the oven, you bake it, oh, well, well. and it comes out uh, as, your, as your full pressure vessel. So, I mean, in a nutshell, you're figuring out how to, uh, how, how to, how to get, uh, it's fluid that it carries, right? Correct, yeah. How so to get fluid up into space with uh, less weight than, it's than if it were solid a metal. A third of the weight at, at, at you know, at, at, at least. That's you know that's the weight savings. Um, so yeah, it'll contain either generally either nitrogen or helium, or some uh, propellants. And did you say that um, the, the company you're working for on this, you're you're doing this this particular one for SpaceX? Is that right? Yeah. Though yeah. So the uh, I, I said one of the provider that I'm assisting with is SpaceX, and there's you know there's multiple commercial providers helping out. But I've been spending a lot of time out in Hawthorne uh, at the manufacturing facilities. Do you have um, do you have like a dream project that you'd like to be part of, or are there, are there, I mean, are there always new ideas coming down the, down the pike that mm -hmm. uh, that you're hoping to be part of, or how does it, how does kind of the you know it's kind of a stepping stone I think. Like right now, I'm excited to be part of a program that is going to get us to be able to launch astronauts again. I mean, I I, I feel badly almost that that uh, we don't have the capability. So right now. First up, let's let's be able to launch astronauts at least back to the space station. I would think there. I would love to be part of a program that gets folks to Mars. I think that would be a super cool project to be a part of. Um, uh, and there's a lot of different scenarios for how that can happen. Is it a, is it a, a bringing stuff into orbit and then a launch from orbit? Is it a straight launch from Earth? Is it a, establishing a, you know some kind of uh, let's say staging colony on, on the moon, right? And then launch from there. Um, I don't know what the right, uh, I don't know what the right solution is, but there's a lot of different ways to do it. And I, I just want to be, continue the exploration part. Uh, I think, I think that would be uh, very interesting. You, um, your, your parents are both very, very creative. You know, uh, your dad on the, the engineering side, the creative problem solving side. And your mom always with, with theater and performing arts mm -hmm. and, and, and movement and dance and, and really all side of all sides of art. Uh, can you point to something from that that creative side that has really served you well, or you know maybe even a particular moment or, or, or lesson? The ability to, to think out of the box, right? Um, to to solve issues, to to uh, you know just never never give up. Certainly was uh, is, is critical. Um, 
but you know, I, I think my mom helped me talk in front of people. I think a lot of engineers struggle a little bit. They're, they're just introverted in general. Um, and uh, mom put me in front of a bunch of audiences and, and uh, made me talk. With a spotlight and a costume. Yep, uh, <laughs> many times. Uh, uh, even made me sing a few times. <laughs> <laughs> and that is, uh, that's actually served me very well uh, with regard, there's, you know, you're in front of some high level folks and uh, you have to be able to communicate. Communication is critical. You can be as smart as you want, but if you can't communicate ideas, um, they're just not gonna, nothing's gonna appear from them. And I can imagine that, um, yeah, there, there must be folks out, out there at the Cape with all kinds of different disciplines. You've got to play translator between Absolutely. safety and yeah. design, and I can only, only imagine and, and all the departments. Is there a particular project that you're, you're most proud of that you've been part of so far? Well, you know, it's like uh, you're always most proud of your latest accomplishment, yeah. right? So right now, uh, I'm solely focused on, um, on getting uh, our commercial partners, you know, back in the space and launching people, you know, they're launching cargo missions right now. It's great. Um, so you might think, well, what's the difference between the cargo vehicle and the manned vehicle? Well, there's a reliability, right? I mean, you, we, you put people's lives on the line. Um, we want to make sure that we've uh, uh, done everything we can to ensure their safety. And, um, and so I, I really can't think beyond that. That's, the, that's my sole focus. Must be some kind of insider things that only you guys say in shorthand to each other. It's everything's an acronym out there. I don't know. So, <laughs> got any juicy stuff you think we should add to the conversation? <laughs> uh, let's see, new programs um, are going to be risky. Uh, I, I just hope that they're as long as we can protect human lives. Um, I wish uh, that our, our tolerance for failure was a little bit greater. Um, I think it's okay to fail. I don't want to get anybody hurt, obviously. So as long as we can, as long as we can not let people get hurt, uh, I, I hope the general public understands that it's okay to fail. Um, because it's not like we're not trying. So yeah. I've been out to SpaceX for yeah. some of the, you know, I, I spent a lot of time out there. Um, so when they, when their launch vehicle is going, and it's this huge, you know, you know, inclusive manufacturing plant, you know, thousands of people, everybody stops. They, there's a, the mission control is right there. You can walk right up to it and see, you know, it's in with this, in this glass building. The crowd, everybody that's there comes and watches. And they are, they applaud, and they applaud at particular moments when they know, okay, launch, great. Okay. Okay, so you pass that. Now, uh, first stage separation, ovation. <laughs> Second stage separation, ovation, okay. Um, uh, first stage re-entry, ovation. First stage return, I mean, imagine first stage as you're coming back now, right? I mean, it's pretty amazing what they've been able to do. But they are... Uh, they're very invested. Clearly, so much of what you do and, and the, the crew out there are working on is, is very science-heavy, tech-heavy, math, acronyms, etc. <laughs> but 
can you can you feel the this love of like mystery and adventure and and uncharted worlds and territories? I mean, does it? Can you feel a little bit of that every day in, in what's pushing people forward? Well, I think so. I mean, I mean, I, that's that's what I feel like. I want to get to okay. So we've been we've been doing the space station thing for a while, which is cool. It's low Earth orbit. It's not going to the moon, right? The, the Apollo guys kind of set the bar high, yeah. which is cool. Yeah, and, and I accept the challenge. But I want to go beyond I want to go beyond the, the moon. I want to get to Mars. I want to say my generation is able to push the envelope just a little bit, you know, past my dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and we can put that in our belt, right? So um, I, that's, what, that's what motivates me. Um, and and I think people's curiosity hopefully will, will will keep us headed in that direction. Thanks once again to Pete Taddy of NASA. That's right, the NASA, for coming out and uh, telling his tale today. To hear more uh, tales like that, to, to hear more tales from Grit Pop Up, you know where to find us: gritpopup.com. Thanks a lot.